0: it's super league 2020 eve and keith mason joins me to answer your questions i'm michael carboni this is episode 47 of the chasing kangaroos podcast you're listening to chasing kangaroos the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played
1: in more places.
0: Well, I'm big T-less this week. He's resting those sexy tonsils of his and uh, we've got a really, really good guest, Keith Mason. He's joining me and we're going to split this one into two parts. So I've got my man Murcho here, and he's going to timestamp it for us, and we'll, we'll have that in the show notes for you. But basically, part one is going to be our interview with Keith. He's got a really interesting life uh, during and after rugby league, so we're going to go through a bit of that, and then he'll stick around for the second part of the episode where we go through our Super League Q and A. So the questions that you guys have asked me or asked us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we'll get his thoughts as well. And yeah, it's going to be a great Super League chat. There's going to be no golden points this week. It's all about the Super League season. Even my sign off tonight will be super league related. So look out for that one right at the end. Uh, But before we get into my chat with, with Keith, I got an email this week from Ed, a listener, Ed from England. And I wanted to read it out to you guys because there's a couple of interesting points in there. So he said, hey, Michael, I found the Chasing Kangaroos podcast about a year ago and listened to it when I'm driving to work. I always enjoy it and love hearing about how rugby league is growing around the world. Can I just say though, in the past, as well as on the latest episode, you've said that English fans just want English teams in Super League and are really anti-expansion, but that just isn't the case. There is a small but vocal minority of people called flat cappers who want the game to just be played in Yorkshire and Lancashire and wallow in its demise, but the vast majority of people are really supportive of Catalans, Toronto, Toulouse, etc., and are really excited about the prospect of teams like Ottawa, New York, Red Star and Valencia joining our league if it ever happens. Toronto and Sonny Bill Williams signing has done more for the profile of the game here than anything else for as long as I can remember. And that is awesome um, to hear. So thanks for sharing that with us, Ed. Ed went on to say that also, uh, not sure if this is something you want to include as a golden point, but a group of us from the Total Rugby League uh, forum have recently raised 1080 Australian dollars to sponsor one of the newer Jamaican League teams, the West Kingston Hyenas. So the competition there seems to be growing and thriving, but the Jamaican Rugby League were asking for $500 US uh, to sponsor teams to help them buy equipment, etc. Uh, and one of the lads who goes on the forum helps out the Jamaican Rugby League with a a few things, and there were a few teams left without a sponsor. So we grouped together uh, to do this and help grow the game. So well done um, to the guys at the Total Rugby League Forum. Uh, yeah, big shout-out to them. Anyway, I really just wanted to email to put the record straight on the English people, what they think about expansion, uh, in case uh, in case your listeners from other countries think we're all against it. All the best, Ed. So thanks, Ed, for that email. Uh, if anyone wants to reach out via email, it's Chasing Kangaroos Podcast at outlook.com, or you can hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And now that we've got that email all read, uh, let's get on to my conversation with Keith Mason. All right, Keith Mason, welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, mate.
1: Yeah, uh, it's an honour, mate. I know we spoke last year, uh, but uh, it's good It's good to catch up again, mate. Uh, just before we start, I'd just like to send my commiserations to Kobe Bryant and his little girl and the seven other people who uh, perished in the... Uh, in the crash last night. Yesterday, such sad news. Uh, you know, looking at some something, you know, such a great athlete and uh, the guy that had all his life ahead of him and his little girl to die as well. You know, me having daughters, uh, I, was, I was in shock. So I just want to dedicate this show to uh, the late, great Colby Bright and his daughter and the seven other people died.
0: I couldn't have um, started any better myself mate of course we're recording um in australian time the day that it happened over there in the uk for you the night before the the day after um and it's yeah really shocking news he was only 42 and uh yeah as as a father myself um the the fact that his daughter was with him as well and, and the others was um incredibly heartbreaking so man couldn't have started any better myself but um, from one great sporting career to another, mate, I, I really, I'm really, really excited to be speaking to you. So as I mentioned in the intro for this show, first half of this episode is going to be all about Keith Mason, your career, and then the second half is yeah. going to be our Super League q and A. I'm going to start by reading like your CV, your rugby league and post-career CV, so let me know if I've missed anything yeah. because it's pretty comprehensive. Okay. So you grew up in Dewsbury, <laughs> uh, year yep. two, 2000 yep. made your debut for Wakefield Trinity in the front row as an 18-year-old, which would have been fucking scary. Uh, 2001, <laughs> you, you made your day, yep. You played uh, England under 21s in a tour against South Africa. Made your debut for Wales yep. as well against England that year. Then in 2002, yep. moved over to the Melbourne Storm. Uh, suffered from a knee yep. injury, but spent some time there. Played some NRL games. You also made your second Welsh cap that year against New Zealand. Um, 2003, yep. back to the Super League for St Helens. Uh, you had a, yep. a, a Challenge Cup final win over Wigan, 32 to 16 in 2004. At, Car- at Millennium Stadium, Cardiff. Uh, in 2006, yep. Vinnie Anderson came in as a new coach. Apparently, you were unwanted, and you moved to Castleford Tigers. Uh, that was a short stint. Yep. You moved to Huddersfield Giants that year, which was your longest club stint. It included another yep. Challenge Cup uh, game, this time a loss, final game loss, 25-16 to 16 against Warrington. That was at Wembley. And then 2012, back to Castleford to end your rugby league career. But... That's where it ends for Rugby League, I suppose. But off the field, you met Mickey Rourke in 2009. This is kind of where your yeah. acting career began. You've been in Skin Traffic, which is also called a hitman yeah. in London, depending on what part of the world you're from. You've got, according to yeah. IMDB, 11 acting credits to your name since 2014. I read somewhere that you yeah. appeared in Peaky Blinders. I've watched that back to front. I'm going to have to watch it again just to to, <laughs> to find out where you are. And you're also the author yeah. of Rugby Blood. Uh, which is a comic book series, yep. which which there'll be another uh, another book released in March, I believe. So, mate, yeah. what a CV. Have I missed anything? There's so much going on there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's quite a career. Uh, you know, I was lucky to play in a few Challenge Cup finals. Uh, I think 2004 was one of the greatest games uh, I was ever part of, you know, yeah. playing in a, such a wonderful team like Saints. Uh and we played in front of 88,000 people at Millennium Stadium against the Wigan team, which was phenomenal as well. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, where, where I came from, obviously, me growing up in Jewsbury. you know, my, my, my childhood was quite quite colourful. You know, I was in a lot of trouble with the law. Cool. the side of the tracks, you know, grew up without a father uh, on, on the, in Jewsbury Mall. And, uh, you know... <laughs> I probably got arrested about 50 times. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't... A, yeah, I just think, you know, sometimes when you're a young kid full of energy, I could always play rugby league, but I was surrounded by... You know, I was surrounded by a lot of all the kids and, you know, there wasn't a lot of fathers about. And what I've done and what I've achieved since going to court probably over 45 times as a young kid is quite remar- miraculous. But, you know, even at 14, when I decided to cut off all the friends I had because I knew where I wanted to go, I couldn't take them with me. And uh, it took me going to court at such a young age. uh, My friend got sent to jail. I got two-year probation and uh, walked out of that court. And that day, the very next day, I started running. And uh, I had a vision that I wanted to be a Super League player. And lo and behold, uh, I became an IRL player. (laughs) Just 19, which, which made me the youngest ever British forward or British player to go to Australia and make me debut. So, you know, I've, I've, made the history a few, I've made history a few times, uh, in good ways. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, everything I'm doing now is a, is a product of what I've done for my career. You know, I've took all the good things from my career, uh, dedication, discipline, teamwork, and I use all them tools now to what I do now with, have being an entrepreneur and an actor and also taking care of
0: my partner. It's, um, it's absolutely crazy. And I want to touch on all of these things that you're mentioning and, Look, let, let, let's take me back to that, that kid who grew up in Jewsbury, And I, I love what you said. Like, it's the adversity that a lot of rugby league players go through um, makes them who they are. And 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 do you think that rugby league really helped sort of take you out of, like, turn you into the man that you become? And, you know, what's your earliest league memory? Who introduced you to the game and how did you fall in love with it?
1: Yeah, so basically, you know, I was a young kid and I was full of energy. Uh, it was actually my mum. My mum took me on to... Dewsbury more, which you'll probably know about because the Burgess brothers yeah. played for that club. Uh, I grew up on that in that area, which was quite, it was it was great to grow up in that area as a young kid. But, you know, there was a spell where I was in a lot of trouble and, you know, I needed to channel that energy. And so my mum took me to rugby and I was always a talented kid. I was very aggressive and I was very uh, I was very big for, for my age. and But I never had that discipline. Yeah. And it took me to kind of fall off the wayside to, to really find myself and get back on track. And I, I did go, I did do it the hard way. You know, <laughs> you know, I did have the father figure there. You know, I had my mum there trying to control a young kid who was uh, pretty much getting kicked out of most of my schools. Yeah. Uh, it's, not that, it's not that I was a bad kid. It's just that, you know, I had that attention deficit disorder where I could not really, yeah. you know, sit there and be, you know, going to school and, and like, you know, concentrating on, on something I don't want to do, uh, but yeah, ultimately, rugby league did save my life. And the beauty of the beauty of rugby blood is that I actually made the rugby blood the first comic. It was like, it's, it's pretty much an autobiographical story of of me as a kid.
0: I was going to ask about you how, young... how much of that is based on you. Yeah. Tell us what how did yeah, where quite... the idea come from?
1: Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot that was based on me, and and rugby blood actually came from a film script. Uh, you know, since I've retired, you know, I, I learned to write. So, I, I've written a film script called Rugby Blood, which is about a, an entrepreneur, rugby league star, whose family gets kidnapped because of who he is, and they want to take his take his family for ransom. So these Russians kidnap my family, and uh, I wanted to put a little twist on it and make the actual character a rugby star. Yeah. Uh, so what I did, I I've written the film scripts, and I sent the film script down to. Pinewood Studios where they make all the bomb films and and Star Wars and I sent it to a film producer through a friend Uh, so you know it was just a chance that I'd send it down there and you know I never expected to get anything back and then two weeks later I get an email from Pinewood from a film producer called Deborah Wooten and she says Keith we've read your script and uh, we really like it and we'd love to meet you yeah we'd like to meet you so (laughs) I was like I was Obviously, I was in shock, and uh, so I drove down to Slough, down to Iver, down near London. I went to the film studios. Uh, never been to Pinewood before. I just, I just pulled up outside the, these big gates, and it's pretty much like a city. You know, it's the biggest studios in Europe. And you could see the 007 soundstage. And I was like, well. what am I doing? What am I doing here, you know? <laughs> My first film script, you know, all, you know, all of a sudden I'm outside Prime studios. It was just like a dream. Uh, so I went in there, sat down with these film producers. And I said, look, Keith, we really like the script. We're interested in making it. we probably have to raise the 2.5 to £5 million. Pound. And I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I thought, wow, this is my first script. I've co written this first script, and now I'm sat here. And that was, that for me was a driving force for Ruby Blood, the graphic novel. And now, I walked away from there, and I'm still friends with people down there. I go down there quite frequently, once, two, three times a year. Yeah. Obviously, for Ruby Blood and other, other things. Uh, I came away, and I thought, you know what? Obviously, to get a film made, it takes quite a number of years. You know, you gotta understand, bro. You have gotta attach talent to the to the film. You gotta have big stars for the film to yeah. sell. Uh, obviously, I want to play David King. You know, who, who better helps than to play <laughs> David King than a former Super League player? You know, who played the game hard. So
0: sounds, sounds it like makes a perfect sense. for it.
1: <laughs> perfect picture, <laughs> typecast. Uh, so what I did is I did a bit of research, and I remember I was looking at the graphic novels and comics, and I looked and I thought, you know what? Most movies come from a graphic novel or a comic book. Yeah. Most movies come, the spine of any movie comes from a a comic book or a graphic novel. So I thought to myself, in the process of getting this film made, which is the end game, why don't I reach out to an artist and sell him the idea and said, listen, I want to make this story. I want to do an origin story. So basically, Ruby blood is about David King, but David King as a child. So Rugby Blood is about a young kid who overcomes adversity. Uh, he's in a lot, lot of trouble with the law, with the police. He's, he's, a, he's a bit of a lost soul. Yeah. But rugby is his talent. But he needed someone, like a mentor, to say to him, listen, son, you need to make sacrifices now for you to be great later. And that's the slogan in the in the actual comic. Yeah. No sacrifice, no glory. And what I did is I reached out to a guy called Paul Roper. He's been a comic book creator for, for a lot of years now. And I said to Paul, listen, I've got a story, Paul. Could you put the pictures to this story? And then I'll go to Super League. And I promise you, I will get Super League to endorse it, right? And then we're going to make a film. And then we're going to make a franchise. Wow. And we're going to get toys and figures and everything. This is my <laughs> vision right from the get-go, right? Yeah. So listen to this. He, he came up with the with with the images. Uh The actual kid in the story is me. So I put my training clips in there as me as a kid because I used to train in the cemetery. I used to do sprints up in the cemetery. I'd have a a rope around my waist. I'd have a tire behind me. I'd be sprinting with this big tire to basically build my speed up. And uh, so, like I said, we came up with a story. I went to Super League. I sat down with Robert Elson, who is the uh, CEO of Super League now. He was at Everton, Everton Football Club for about 10 years. I sat down with Robert and I said, listen, Rob, I want to bring some entertainment side to Rugby League. And I want to create the first ever Rugby League comic featuring the biggest stars in the world. Now, I've got people like De- Deli Cherry Evans in there, Paying As, uh, Anthony Milford. Yeah, I've got Jack in, Victor Radley, Caelan uh, Ponga, you know, I've got all these big stars who have agreed to come on board. And then I've got all the English stars in there, Conrad, Darryl Clark, uh, George Williams, and basically throw them into the mix of it with people like Adam Mills, uh, Joe Calzaghe, all all friends of mine, but featured in the comic as as characters. Uh, You know, and it's just grown. It's just grown. And I'm now obviously endorsed by Super League, but the second one we're looking at uh, launching in... In March, yep. Uh, I just signed a deal with O'Neill Sportswear, who uh, sponsor Newcastle Knights and Penrith Panthers. I did the agreement with them, and they have actually uh, created rugby blood plane jerseys. Oh, that's and they the look absolute. They look absolutely phenomenal. And basically, uh, we've got the shoot next week. So there'll be me, Zachary uh Tommy Makinson, uh Liam Watson, Jamie McGillivray doing the shoot. Uh, and we'll be launching them kits in about four about four weeks. Uh, we've got that going on. We've got I've got the meeting with uh Netflix. It was supposed to be this week, but obviously with the tragic events, what's happened with uh Kobe Bryant. Yep. God bless him and his daughter and the seven people. We've had to put that on the phone because uh little Bal the was the uh, sport documentary maker uh, who will be Doing the Netflix documentary about Ruby Blood, and uh, mm-hmm. Mosby was the talk sport producer. Now he's a he's a film content producer. Uh, we were supposed to have a meeting this Wednesday about uh, pitching to Netflix. So basically, mate, where I am right now is we're going to do a documentary about life after football. It'll be following me around. Uh, I've also got a CBD company called Project Mason which I'm launching in the next couple of weeks. I've got Rugby Blood, uh, which we're in the mo- right now we're doing the promo video for the TV series. Yep. Uh, and we'll be traveling the world uh, talking to former athletes now they've adjusted from Life of the Sport. I love you know, it. Because, I love it. Yeah. So there's, been, there's nothing like it uh, in, the, in the world of any sport. And I'll be the first to do it. Uh, you know, former Rugby League player, former Super League NRL player. Uh, it's been a lot of hard work, mate, but this will be probably a 90-minute documentary series for Netflix. And what it will cover, it will cover Rubby Blood, everything I'm doing now, but ultimately the, the best thing about it is I'll be speaking to people like Joe Carl Zaghi, uh who's a friend of mine, John Arson, uh probably some American athletes over in, in America, and ask them how they've adjusted from life after sport because let me tell you, Michael, when you finish sport and a lot especially rugby league players because we're not on millions and millions of dollars. They struggle, man.
0: Yeah. You, you hear, know, you hear uh, the uh, stories, the, the, the mental stories and all those sorts of things. And it's crazy what yeah. you're doing because not only are you going to be helping some of the young guys coming through or people that are thinking about retiring from their sports soon, but yeah. we, we, we talk on this podcast a lot about hashtag grow the game and what, you know, the NRL super league and what all the other, you know, domestic competitions around the world are doing to grow the game. But This is, this is like doing it from a completely new angle and, and, you know, getting a show on Netflix, getting the comic book out, having a movie, having a series. Um, it's, it puts rugby league in the hands or in front of the eyes of some new people, you know, and if you're talking this documentary on Netflix, if you're talking to other sports stars and maybe people that are watching, you know, American football or NBA or something like that, they're going to be learning more about rugby league as well. And, it's really cool, man. Yeah. And as a fan of, of the yeah. sport, like, it's, um, it's an awesome spin and an awesome way to look at it. Mate, mate your, your yeah. career on the field was absolutely fantastic. You have, you've had some great highlights, and I mentioned them before. You do, debuted in the Super League at 18. You had a stint for the yeah. Melbourne Storm, Challenge Cup Finals. You played at Wembley, yeah. you know, test caps yeah. for Wales. What's, what's the yeah. highlight of all of it? Like, what is the moment that if you could take your kids back and say, just watch this, this, mo- this was my best game, what was the highlight for you? Yeah.
1: Well, there's a number of highlights. Uh, the first one obviously is my debut. Yeah. You know, from where I came from, uh, being in a in a courtroom, ready to go to jail. I was just t- just about turning 15 years old. My friend went to jail. I came out of there, and I turned my life around. That that storm set me up for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I thought I need to make a decision now. That I want to be great. My life. I was always around the, the wrong people. I was like a a bright shining star around all these dull people, you know. And I had to break away from that. And yeah. just to just to just to do what I've done, uh, you know. And basically on my own, you know, for my own drive. Obviously, I've got a team around me now. You know, I've got I've got people who are working for me. I've got Super League on board. I've got all these players. Uh one created into College Book I think it made my debut at 17. I was 17 by the way. Uh, as a River League player. Uh, I went to, actually went to Castleford and Leeds and Bradford Balls and I got rejected from all three clubs. Wow. Uh, I just came out from a great bit on the 164. Uh, I wish I turned my life around and what I said to young kids is before I even made it, you know, I got knocked back three times. And uh, I kept him going and going and going. And the last time I got knocked back was a guy called Graham Stedman at Casper Tigers. Uh, sorry, uh, Dean Bell. And Dean Bell said to me, Keith, uh, you're never going to play Super
0: League. Oh, well, wow. He I was wrong. You're...
1: <laughs> yeah, you're never going to play Super League. I don't think you're a Super League player. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and as a kid, kind of crushed me. And uh, what I've been through, you know, the adversity and the trials and the storms, and I had and worked to get to that point to be told that I'm, I'm not good enough, was, was pushing me. But it wasn't setbacks for being a young kid that made me be great, it made me propelled to be great. And uh, you know, four years later, I was on a plane going to Melbourne Storm. And so, uh, my message to kids out there never ever give up ever, you know, even even for me this day, you know, nothing is certain, everything I've done. I've done it through, with my own hands. You know, I've created rugby blood. You know, I've got net, I've got the Netflix just knocking on the door right now. Uh, well, make an issue, but just having a, a relentless belief in yourself. Even even days where I feel like I can't keep going, I've got to get up, I've got to dish myself off, because I've got a family to feed. I've got my son, who's an, a phenomenal rugby league player. You know, I've struggled to see him for 10 years. And my son is the captain of Oral St. James and Wigan. And sorry, so, so my, my, my son got my son got voted the best uh, young player in the northwest of England. Oh wow, good he's on a, him! A, yeah, so you know, I've got a family, I've got four stepchildren, you know, I've got these kids here, man. I need to be a role model for, for my children.
0: Tell me about your wife. So, was she a rugby league fan when you met her? Like, how did you guys meet? And like, did she know who you were? <laughs>
1: yeah, so basically, we're not retired. We're doing a bit of personal training. Uh, I'm just helping a few people, and you know, I enjoy helping people and she reached out to me and she asked could you help me could you help train me I've asked numerous amounts of people but uh, because I've had an accident and my legs aren't working properly mm. these trainers won't take me on now she didn't say that she was paralysed right? so I said fine that's ok come, come and see me and uh, so she came to see me Michael and I, she, she kind of stepped out of her car And I was standing at the doorway and I said, Yeah, come in, come in. And then she had these crutches. And I said, Are you sure you're okay to train? She went, Yeah, I'm fine. I should be okay. And she literally could not walk. You know, she was struggling to get even to the door. And I said, What's wrong with your legs? And she went, Well, I'm paralyzed. I had a spinal stroke. uh, And I can't feel my legs. And, you know, me as an optimist, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, me, I looked at it and I thought, You know what? She's she's made an effort to come and see me. I'm going to train her. I don't care if her back if she's her legs or not. I took her in and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. Took her into the gym and I could see she had this will to want to get better. And sat her down, I worked around her injury, and it just built from there, Michael. You know, I, I was very professional. It was it wasn't like love at first sight. It was just I wanted to help this lady. You know, at that, at that time I was. I've been struggling myself, you know, trying to find the feet after rugby, trying to find, you know, you do get that identity crisis, but ultimately, uh, it's, it's the work in the gym that got me through it. You know, being in the gym and, and working on myself, even though, you know, I went through a state of depression, uh, you, you know, I, I was still helping other people at the same time. And we we, we became friends and she's,
0: uh, she's my number one fan. That's awesome, man. You know, she's
1: She's a big. She's a big part of why I've succeeded, and I'm, I've not drunk for two and a half years, man. I live with a woman who can't feel her legs, who gets up every single day and looks after six kids and feeds us. So what's my excuse? Yeah, you know. And it really took me to another level. Which has. I think she's a big part of it. She has really shown my worth that Keith, you're worth a lot more than what you're showing, and I basically can cut off any negative baggage in my life, as in friends who are not really friends, you know, and I think when I put off all that exercise in my life, I just really got focused on what, what I wanted to do and obviously, you know, with, with the biz- businesses and the CBD and the, and the rubber blood and how far riverbugs can be elected the month is quite amazing. Uh, I'm now going for Netflix and I'm producing my own films and I think a lot of it's down to having a good woman in the front.
0: A hundred percent, man. It sounds like, it sounds like at every stage of your life, whenever you've needed something or someone, you know, you've got your wife now to help you overcome, you know, the post career, you know, that you hear, you know, you hear a lot about the depression and things like that. You had rugby league in your early stages of your life to help pull you out of, you know, the, the, the sort of childhood you had, you know, and the friend, you know, what the trouble that you got into, what, what sort of advice do you give like retiring players? Like how, you know, cause all of it you know, they go from being some of the biggest stars in the country to being yesterday's heroes. What sort of advice do you give these guys?
1: I think uh, you know with what I'm doing right now, Michael, uh with Ruby Blood, uh, the story behind Ruby Blood, you know, when I retired, man, you know, I became homeless, you know. <laughs> I, I blew like a quarter of a million pounds and I uh, lost two houses. <laughs> yeah. I was I was rock I was rock bottom. I was at the bottom, mate. And if my story can't inspire not just rugby league players, but anybody in general that you could come back and you can bounce back, man. You know, I believe that if you work really, really hard on yourself and be kind to people and put that good energy out there, it will come back to you. But for me, I think I want to inspire people that you can, you can go on. Uh, rugby, but is all about a guy who never gives in and has true grit and perseveres no matter what, you know, and, and I think what I'm doing now, you know, I have hundreds and hundreds of messages come through LinkedIn and, and my social media sites every single day with people saying to me, Oh, you are the true hero. You know, you look after your wife while she's paralyzed and stuff. You know, that has been one of my greatest achievements is, well. is being able to help help my missus walk again. You know, and, and remember remember this, Michael. She had a she suffered a stroke not this new year, the the new year before. I, need, I nearly lost her. Wow. Uh, and it was that year that I created Ruby Bud. That I went to, I written the film, I just pushed through, even though when you thought, oh, wow, my missus is in a hospital bed, I used that to galvanize me, to motivate me to, to, be, to, to push on and think, you know what? This isn't going to justify us. She's going to get back out of that bed. I'm going to have the best year of his life which I put all the foundations in in place for 2020. You will see now the fruits of my labor. And all I can say to young kids coming through is to never give up and work. Just work your ass off, man. Just work really hard. And you know what? The reason why I put inspirational stuff and positive stuff on social media is for that one person looking for it. There's always that one kid who needs that inspiration. I love it, You know, I'm not a guru. I'm not a guru. I'm not a motivational speaker. Everything I do, I'm coming from experience, but... I do. I preach what I say. I don't say do this and do that, and I'm not doing it myself. You know, I'm up every morning running 5 a.m. I'm at the gym. I've got my meetings. Uh, I'm, I'm just loving life, bro. But you know what? I have been down there. I have been working. Yeah.
0: And that's the beauty of social media. It's all out there on show. People can see it. You know, you can't hide anymore, you know. So it's, it's pretty cool that people can see that. Um, mate, take me back to your Melbourne Storm days. So you, you got to play with some young guys named Billy Slater and Cameron Smith. Did you know these guys? Did you know they were going to be the stars they were going to become back in those days? I knew as soon as I saw
1: Billy, I knew he was going to be a star. Uh, just his work ethic and the way he conducted himself, the way how hard he trained. Uh, Sammy Cameron, cool man. You know the the accountant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I live with Cameron Smith actually. When I got there, me and Cameron lived together. No way. Uh, there was me, Cam- yeah, me, Cameron, uh, Barb, he's his wife now. Uh, and Jake Webster. Uh, but yeah, just think about, you know, the, when I got there, these guys, I was watching them on, you know, playing for State of Origin teams. You know, Robbie Ross and, and Robbie Kearns, Rodney House, Scott Hill, Matt ruhr Stephen Kearney, you know, Aaron Mule. I just, uh, and you know what? When I got there, they made me feel so welcome. Uh, the first season I was there, uh, Mark Murray were there. And then the second season, uh, Craig Bellamy came in and he just shook it up man he, yeah. he showed us how to train hard, you know and I think bellyache was straight down the line you know he was very meticulous in his approach and you know he loved to do video and stuff but for me to be the only English man there was he, he, I was very proud you know I was a young kid though you know I, I, I went there uh, I just played for Wales I played for uh, Great Britain 21s and they had 23 internationals in that team 23 internationals uh, it, was, it was a world premier rugby league team and I, I think it was the best move I ever made and, 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 and the players that didn't get selected for the first team who was in the 25 man squad we would fly to Brisbane uh, we'd play in the Queensland Cup uh, and, and our team this would, this would be our team on a good day up in Brisbane North so we'd have Billy Slater at, at full back we'd have Semitad Jalala uh, we'd have Roly Tahu Greg Inglis uh, in the half you'd have Cooper Cronk, uh, Mari Turner. In the, in the pack, you'd have myself, Cameron Smith, Mitchell Sargent, Ma- uh, Ryan Hoffman, uh, Dallas Johnson, <laughs> Michael Russell. Pretty good team,
0: man. What a reserve, great team. It's a bit like the um, Sunshine yeah. Coast, Coast yeah. Falcons now. Tell, tell me, what was the difference back then? Because we always talk about, you know, NRL versus Super League. What was the difference yeah. like back then going from Super League to NRL and then back to Super League? Did you notice it?
1: Yeah, well, pretty much just the way the they, they trained super hard. I mean, I spoke to Nickel before I went out there, and he said to me that they train really hard, Keith. Uh, if you're into that, I mean, I was a fitness freak. I was I was a fit for a prop, you know? I could go all day. And uh, I went there and we did this contract trial and I came right near, near the back, you know, and I was like, "Wow, that was a humbling experience." But I think it took me about twelve months to, to acclimatise to the weather. Well, you know, yeah. obviously, it's a lot, it's a lot hotter than England. I mean, we train in the, in the pre-season here, and it's like, you know, it's it's minus five. You go to Australia, you're training in the summer, uh, pre-season, so you you know, you're thirty-eight degrees. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the best move I ever made. Jumped from the plane, went over there. Uh, it was so professional. You know, the guys were taking vitamins and fish oils. And, yeah. you know, it, would just, it, would, it was like night and day. I mean, no no, no offense to Wakefield. You know, it was always a uh, bottom team uh, feeder. Uh, you know, it was near enough wooden spooners. But it was good, man. You know, because at Wakefield, I learned a lot about, you know, backs against the wall and having to unite and work hard as a team. And we had some phenomenal players in that team me and Alice played together. We played at West Tigers. Uh, we had Ben Westwood, who was at Wallington, and Danny Broth. You know, we had a phenomenal academy a team side. that went yeah. to the
0: first.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I had, a, I had a standout year in the first team as, a, as an 18-year-old prop, which is quite unheard of.
0: And w- uh, what about when you went back to, or when you went back to Super League and you went to St Helens? Because that side was a killer side as well. You had guys like Kieran Cunningham in that team, and oh, yeah. like, was yeah. that were the Saints a little bit closer to the Storm? In that sort of regard. Yes. This, yeah,
1: Yeah, I think that team was probably the most talented team I've played in. Uh the two thousand and three, four, five, and six at at Saints. You know, it was my best playing memories were playing the Saint Helens. Wow. You know, we had yeah. there was me I went back there, I was twenty one. Uh they threw me straight into the first team. Uh I remember my debut game was against Wigan. Wigan and Saints is probably the biggest derby in the league in yeah. England. Yeah, Uh it was a good it was a good Friday. I've run out at the Road and it's like 25,000 people there. And it sounded like 80,000. And I thought, wow, this is awesome, man. And uh, our pack was, my other front row partner was Darren Britt. Oh, yeah. Now, I'd seen Britt, man. And Britt was old school, but you know what? Britt played a lot of uh, origin football. He played for Australia. He was a, phenom- he was a phenomenally fit guy for, for a big man. You, you look at him, you think he looks like a farmer. But it was a, it was an awesome player. I played with some awesome front rowers, you know, Robbie Kearns and Rodney Allen. Yeah. But British been up he's right up there. Uh, obviously uh, Cunningham was my hooker. Uh, in the back row we had Chris Joint, uh and uh, Paul Schoolf. You know, that's a pretty phenomenal pack. Who who you know,
0: who, uh, who, was best, who was the best player you ever played with? Because you've named some good ones already.
1: I've gotta say, uh I've been looking up to to play with some great players. Uh, Paul Scorforth was right up there. Yeah. He was just you know, he could play he could play standoff, five eight, and he was six foot three. Yeah. Ninety-nine kilo, ripped to death uh, He's he passed one. the ball fifty yards.
0: He's one guy yeah. as an Aussie I wish we saw over here in the NRL him and Kieran Cunningham like I would I was a big Saints yeah. fan back in those days still am Yeah um, yeah but like yeah. they were some guys I would have loved to have seen over in the NRL cuz they were phenomenal and they, and and as an yeah. Australian like yeah. we didn't hear much about these guys or know much about these guys so I feel like, especially someone like Cunningham, you know, he was as good as like yeah. a Badiris back in the da- back in those days, but never quite got yeah. that sort of acknowledgement. Mate, I want to talk a little bit yeah. about your your international career. So you played for Wales. Yeah. Where, wh- who, how yeah. did you qualify for Wales? What was the heri- where's the heritage lie?
1: <laughs> well, I think obviously I, I am English. Uh, yep. I got the call from Wales the day before and said, "Would you?" Because I was having a good season for, for, for Wakefield, and their coach Neil Kelly called uh, my coach up, uh, John Arvin then uh, Tony Kemp and said, you know, can he, can, can he play for Wales? So I have got some wealth heritage. Uh, I think he's like a granddad's brother, cousin. It's somewhere <laughs> down the line, right? So I said, listen, I will go down and play against the full, fully fledged England team. Uh, I was 18. I went down to Wrexham and I said, the only way I'll play if I can get a letter from the Rugby, Rugby Football League uh, and ultimately it came from Greg McCallum. So Greg McCallum written a letter that if I played for Wales, it wouldn't jeopardize my England future. So I went down, I played for Wales. I didn't even train with the guys. I just went and played and I had a man of the match performance. Uh, I mean, and we were was actually beating England. We had Kieran Cunningham play Oh, I had a poster of Kieran on my wall at home. Yeah, believe well, it not yeah. <laughs> And now I'm playing with a guy. I mean, I, I remember I was studying in the, in the bathroom and I was having a wee just before warm-up. And he this guy spewing up. I thought, Who's that, man? He must be nervous. He must be scared to death, man. He's spewing his ring up. And he comes out the door and it's Kieran. And I thought, wow, this guy's phenomenal. And he's spewing up. <laughs> I thought, cool, man. I thought, oh, I can't wait for this. I can't wait to get out and get stuck in. You know, playing against the elite players. I mean, the England team had for, uh they had Paul Anderson, uh, Jamie Peacock, Chris Radlinski, uh, Terry Newton, Barry McDermott, Paul Wellens. Yeah, they a phenomenal team. And believe it or not, we had three Super League players in that team, in that Wales team. Yeah. I started in that team, and we was beating England 26-10 at half time.
0: Well, wow. That would have been incredible. I 26. Think it, what was the end? The score yeah. ended up, what was it, like 42-36? Yeah, it was...
1: Yeah, it was it was like a ten point difference, yeah. eight point difference. Yeah. Uh, but that's where I actually that's where I actually got picked up for Melbourne Storm because ah. Melbourne was looking for an overseas prop, young kid uh, forward, and they saw me playing that game. Uh, Chris Jones and John Rebo contacted my agent, and then one day I walk into training, and Willie Poaching comes up to me, and goes, Hey, "Keeper." do you hear about the storm? I said, the storm? I didn't, I didn't know about the storm then. He goes, oh, the, the storm, the Melbourne storm, they want to sign you, mate. I went, no. <laughs> he went, seriously, they want to sign you? I went, no way. And it, it was just a dream. It was just a dream, mate. You know, I'm so grateful that I got the chance to go over there. Uh, I'm still friends with all the boys. I'm still in a group chat with all the boys. That's 20 awesome. 20 years later, nearly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just phenomenal. I mean, I've got Josh Adokar in, in rugby blood, uh, but yeah, just making that move, man. I mean, I I became such a better player, man. I came back to Saints, and Paul School but he could not believe how fit I was. Wow! And he's like, he's, he talks like he's Scully. Keith, oh, you, you're like well, you proper super fit one. <laughs> but I used to love playing with Scully, man, because Scully was like an halfback in a in a in a forward body. Yeah, yeah. And I used to I used to score. I scored quite a lot of tries on his inside shoulder, like a tag inside shoulder. Yeah. He's go, what sign me, Keith? What do you sign me? Uh, but yeah, listen, I've been, I've been very fortunate to play with some tremendous players. Uh, some of the best, best players of all time, Cameron Smith, Billy Slayer, uh, Kieran Graham's probably the best looking I've played with. Yeah. Just because of sheer size and to play 80 minutes every game and to do what he does. Uh, and we're still friends now, you know, we're still friends now. And I think, you know, what I've done after, after rugby league, I mean, rugby league, I've took all the good... All the tools I've learned from being a sportsman and I use them tools now to this day. You know, I think it's really important that uh, for when you look after your body, you keep in shape and, and for any athlete to stay in the gym and to keep doing what you did in your career. Because what happens is a lot of athletes go and they find, they, they go find a different type of eye. So generally drinking alcohol and taking drugs is is what a lot of these mm. athletes but for me, you know, I wasn't I wasn't in the best place when I retired, but I've learned more in the last five years since being retired than I've learned in my whole life.
0: Crazy, man. And what an incredible career, you know, during your, foot, your footy days and after. And the beauty is it's not even over yet. You've got so much more to give. We're going to see Rugby Blood yeah. on the big screen, in books, on Netflix. It's going to be incredible. You definitely are. Mate, before, you definitely we get, are before we get into our Super League Q&A, tell us how can our listeners follow you and where can they purchase Rugby Blood and this new jersey that's coming out?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, guys, obviously, i signed with uh, the O'Neill's jerseys will be available on O'Neill Sportswear website. You can check them out on, online. Or Instagram, it's O'Neill Sports, so it's O N E I L L S Sportsware. Uh, the jerseys will, will go on worldwide sale. Uh, there's four different jerseys. Obviously, I've got my own uh, CBD company, which I believe in massively because the CBD, which I got on, uh, with my partner, she got off all her painkillers and now she substitutes that for CBD. So I'm launching my own CBD alkalized water. Uh, CBD protein bars, CBD protein shakes, uh, oils and creams, and I actually endorse some of the biggest stars in rugby league. I, I endorse Conrad Hall, I endorse Cyril Clark, I endorse uh, Zach Hardacre, Sean Kennedy Dowell. So, you know, I'm looking after these boys, you know. I'm I'm not, I'm really giving back to rugby league in a, in a different kind of way. Obviously, I'm I'm just producing my own film right now called Innumerable, and it's about a, a detective who's He's quite, he's quite a broken man, he, he lost his wife, he lost his daughter, and I play a guy called DCI Sullivan. It's, it's kind of like a spin-off to Luther. Yeah. Uh, and I'm producing that right now, so uh, that'll be completed in, in the next probably two months, uh, and we'll be screening that and not going on to DVD. So that's my first film, my first film as a lead, but as a producer as well. Congratulations, so, man, you know, that's I, awesome. Yeah, 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 I'm doing... I've got a few films going this year, I've been travelling around Europe, uh, but obviously, rugby blood is, is a, is a passion project for me, and, I, and I'm, you know, I just want to, I want to give back to kids and show kids that, you know, if you work really hard, and, and you stick to something, and, and you you work on your, work on yourself, you can achieve anything, and, and that's what rugby blood's all about. R- rugby blood is about never giving up, having true grit, and persevering.
0: And as soon as that second edition of rugby blood <laughs> comes out in March, let me know because yeah. um, people have already been asking me about Absolutely. it once they found out I was interviewing you. And I'll, I'll be sure to share that yeah. around, and 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 we'll talk about that as well. So that's yeah, awesome, man. Well, if
1: if if you want, guys, you can go to my, uh, twi- my Twitter pages at Real Keith Mason, uh, at Real Keith Mason. Uh, Instagram is Keith Mason underscore official, and you can find me on Facebook on uh, uh, Keith Mason. Uh, the, the the comic is called Shot Clock, and it's going to be featuring. Uh, some of the biggest stars from Australia. So uh, I did the I did the story with the senior NRL journalist, which is Brad Walters. Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be doing it, it'll be doing a Brad. will be doing a follow up story, uh, but that'll be coming out in March, and I'm really excited about it. It's going to be great. Uh, it's a two part series, and then obviously we've got the Netflix documentary coming up. So you know, the, the, if if we do the Netflix documentary, uh, Michael, i uh, will be making history. You know, I've been making history. Uh, former rugby league player bringing rugby league and everything else I'm doing, you know, with the acting and the entertainment side. And, you know, I, th- I think I've shown people that I'm not just this guy who's full of brawn and aggressive <laughs> yeah. and a rugby player. You know, I'm showing people I've, had, I've got a brain, you know, and, uh, and, and, and I'm giving back in a, in a quite unique way. Uh, but like you said, yeah, I'm just going to start. I don't lo- I don't like to look for what I've done. I like to look forward and, you know, I've made mistakes in life. You know, I, I have I have messed up and, you know, I embrace them. I embrace my mistakes because I am such a better person for it. And uh, I just feel like, yeah, like you said, I'm just getting started. I mean, I just turned 38. And, you know, I, I, I'm probably the happiest I've been since I can I can remember. But that's just from working on myself. You know, I locked, my, I locked myself away for two years. No one knew what I was doing. Then all of a sudden you see rubbing blood. <laughs> And that's where it came from. It came from uh, being in a dark place and, and wanting to give back and pulling myself out of that dark place. And to, to be where I am now is, uh, you know, I've got to give the man upstairs some help in that because through them dark times, I, uh, you know, I, I did struggle, but I never give in. I never give in. Even even I felt, you know, some certain days I'm like, wow. But I never felt like, I never felt suicidal. I just thought, i need to throw myself into something else and i need to give that as much effort as i as i did my career and i think that's 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 the secret to it you know when you leave sport or you leave uh, as an athlete or you change jobs you you, you just need to dust yourself off and you can do it you know you can do it as human beings are very resilient you know we can go through so much and survive and i think uh, you know what i'm doing i'm, I'm sure that people are looking in. And I'm very grateful that they're looking in and and they're seeing what I'm doing. It and it's inspiring them to do the same to 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 carve their own little way out and, and do their best. And I think that's what life's all about. It's it's paying it forward and and inspiring other people through through your work. Uh, and that's 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 my goal. And at the end of the day, when I leave this planet, I want to feel like I've I've uh, I've inspired people to to want to be better.
0: It's it, a, a big rate. I love it. I Absolutely love it. Well, let's look forward yeah. to 2020, mate. The Super League season. Why don't we get into some Q and A from the listeners? Cool, man. Mate, um, well, look. I'd like to. Firstly, I'll say thank you to everyone that reached out with their questions on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, we obviously can't get to all of them, but I've picked out a few of the, hopefully hopefully some good ones and we'll go from there. But many people are predicting that it's going to be the biggest and best season of Super League of all time. Um, what do you think yeah. about that statement?
1: I've got to agree. I think with uh, Toronto coming in, you know, uh, breaking new ground again, you know, it's, it's pretty similar with, with what I'm doing with rugby blood. I'm trying to break new ground. I'm trying to trying to uh, get rugby league out there. The masses, you know, uh, and I think Toronto, bringing Toronto in is showing that Rugby League is looking out the box now and they're realising that it's not all about the M62 corridor because that's what it is in England. Yeah. You know, in, in Australia, it's all down the uh, East Coast, Rugby League, but breaking new ground and bringing Sunnyville Williams in, I think it's fantastic for the league and I do think that the game is getting more popular. Uh, the marketing team are, are getting better. And uh, I do believe, yeah, the season is going to be probably the best one yet.
0: That's huge. And you mentioned some of this already, but James Newman asks: is the attitude towards clubs and fans outside of that M62 corridor, is it softening?
1: Is the attitude softening? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean by that?
0: So, are people from those heartland areas? Are they more open to seeing the likes of Toronto, Catalans, yeah. maybe some other clubs from around the world or the Northern Hemisphere? Are they more open yeah. to seeing sides from outside of that M62 corridor in the league?
1: Yeah, I just think like it's like anything, and it's like life. You know, life uh, it evolves over time, and I think rugby league is going into a new genre, uh, and people are seeing it now. At first, the MCT, you know, Yorkshire and Lancashire. Uh, Northern England, the working class people, and a lot of them people don't like change, but the change is happening, and people are accepting it. And I think over time, over the next three or four years, uh, it's going to be for the better. Where people think, "Oh well, Toronto—they got any Canadian players?" Blah blah blah. Well, if you look at London Broncos back in 1990, there was all Australian players. Yeah. But we we, we went to London because London. It's one of the greatest cities on the planet, you know? And it's about, it is about breaking new ground and, True. and getting Rubber League, Rubber League out there and reaching the masses, you know? Yeah. And I think... Uh,
0: Even the Melbourne Storm, when you were playing, there wouldn't have been anyone from Victoria in that yeah. side, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's Absolute, crazy yes. to think. But, All Queensland. Um, yeah. Dave Hunter wants to know, so do you think Super League should go back to franchising and maybe expand the number of clubs? Is that the way forward?
1: I think right now with the money and, and, and the salary cap, I don't think they're in a position to to branch out. I think, you know, to get the quality of Super League, you need to have them 12 teams. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you've, obviously, you've got Toronto now uh, who will come in. Who I think are dark horses. I think they'll make the top six. Oh, wow. I, that's, my, I, that's me. Because you know what? I think they're going to galvanize because... They have been written off by everybody. Yeah. Yes, they have the X-Factor. They have the marquee player in Sonny Bill Williams. And I think Sonny Bill Williams is going to, is going to have an awesome season bar injury because he's getting paid £55,000 a week, man. Listen, he's going to bring it. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, he has he's to. Going
0: to
1: <laughs> he's going to bring it. He's going to bring it. He has to, yeah. He's ed- I mean, he's even said, look, I don't want Betfred on my sleeve. So the pressure's on him now. Yeah. Uh, but I want Toronto to do well. I think, For everyone, reasons because, I
0: think everyone yeah. does, you know, and uh, the guys at California yeah. Rugby League actually had a question on that. They said, <laughs> do you think Toronto's in trouble with their slim, slim roster? You don't think that'll be a problem?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, bar injury, they will, they will compete. They will compete. I uh, definitely will compete. And I want I wanted to see, uh, personally, I want to see Duel well because look, it's North America in Canada. Uh, we need to grow the game. Uh, and the better Toronto do, the better is for Rugby it's for Ruby League. That's it. The yeah. better Toronto do, the better it's for Ruby League. Now, my friend Ricky Wilby is the founder of New York Bulls uh, Ruby League team. They're coming to the competition in 2021. Uh, we're collaborating with Ruby Blood. Uh, and that, then again, look look what's happening with Ruby League, man. We're going to America, we're going to the biggest cities in America. I love it. And man. we're creating Ruby League teams. So, I'm all for that. The reason why I brought rugby blood out and what I'm doing with with the entertainment side of things is very similar to Toronto. I'm breaking new ground. I'm bringing something brand new and fresh to rugby league. Listen, great things happen over time. And I think Toronto, if they stay in the league over the next five years, can, can, can be one of the big premier teams in the world. I do believe that. They can be another
0: Melbourne storm. I agree, man. They need time. And you said something cool there, New York Bulls. I haven't heard anyone call them the Bulls before. So is that an inside yeah. scoop? <laughs> That's pretty cool. I think,
1: <laughs> sorry guys, uh, <laughs> let me get this right now because I might get it wrong. Uh, my bad, but I think it's Bulls. That's awesome. Uh, Bull, uh, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Wilby, uh, they are actually going to play at the Red Bull Stadium.
0: Uh, makes sense. It makes uh, sense.
1: Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. It's New York Rampage.
0: Ah, one. New York Rampage. Yeah. Okay. So you've heard uh, it here first. I,
1: I, it, it's not confirmed. It's not confirmed. But I've spoken to Ricky Wilby and Ricky did tell me that. Now, Ricky might be listening on this uh, podcast and he might give me a call later and tell me off. But uh,
0: If he gives you a call, tell him to, get, to give me a call and we'll set it all straight. It's all good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're coming to the league in 2021, which is going to be good for the game. 100%.
0: Mate, um, Maddie Wright wants to know who gets relegated and why.
1: Uh, I've got to be leaning towards Hulk Yeah. Hulk uh, KR and Wakefield. Uh, I may be wrong, but that's just off my head.
0: So I um, uh, I agree with Hulk R. man. I thought they were lucky in 2019 and I don't see that yeah. they've improved enough. Uh, like you said, we could no. be wrong. I'm usually wrong, but Hulk R. for me as well.
1: Well, man. well they brought uh, SKW and Sean Kennedy I think it'll be a big plus for them. You know, he's a big, strong athlete. Yeah. Uh, I think I think his presence in the changing rooms will be good for them. But it's, uh, it's a 17-man game. It's not a one-man team. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm guessing them. I I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. But well, it- I'm, I will. I'll say Wakefield and, and OK, I'll be fighting it out.
0: Let's go to the other side. And, and maybe yeah. Huddersfield. And maybe Huddersfield. Uh, Huddersfield. Maybe Huddersfield. My uh, whole team. Um, Outlaw Rugby League podcast. Shout law, A big shout-out to those guys. Outlaw Rugby League podcast. Who do you see as the surprise packets for the season? Is it Toronto?
1: Toronto. And uh, let me just have a quick think right now. I think Warrington are going to
0: be dark horses for the league. My friend Billy Forrester will be happy about that. Yeah,
1: I think Warrington because I know it's unlucky that... Uh, Gareth Woodip has injured himself, but yeah, I think with got I think with Widdip and Blake Austin at halves, there's no better halves in the country. Yeah, there's no better halves. There's no better combination than them two. Uh, you'll only see when they start playing together. But I think they, I've uh, got a good chance of winning the, uh, the, the 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 Premier.
0: Well, let's talk about top five. So Big Al wants to know who's in your top five yeah. this year. Okay,
1: uh, I'll just go off the top of my head. Yep. I think Wigan, Hull, Hull, Wigan, Warrington, and Centellas, they are going to be top four. Yep. I'm not. I'm not quite sure in what order, and I think Catalan will be five. Yeah. Uh, between Catalan and Castleford.
0: Yeah, you're you're reading my mind because I've got the same top five. I I would say Catalan mm-hmm. there. Um, I just think yep. James Maloney, he wins trophies, man. Oh, he, yeah. he knows what it's like to win, and and he's. From all reports, training the house down. Um, so I'm not getting into yeah. too much too much of the vinos over there in in south of France, but yeah. um, I think yeah well, yeah
1: <laughs> all right. I've got, I've got I've got yeah I've got Jimmy in uh, rugby blood as well, so it's part of the franchise. Uh, but yeah, I mean he's a tremendous player. He's, he's an all uh team uh, Storm player as well. So yeah, I'll be. It, it will bring. He's a, he's a guy that a lot of success. At the teams he's played at, and one premier's that the teams he's played at. So he's got a massive influence on on
0: the side he plays in. Where wherever he goes, there is success, and that can't be a coincidence. Exactly. So, um, and and look, exactly. this could be this could be an easy question for you. Sam Lupino wants to know who's your early prediction yeah. for Man of Steel this year. <sighs> Man of Steel, <laughs> a little early.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, listen, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Sonny Bill in there. Wow! Because there's gonna be a lot of eyes on him. Uh, one of my good friends is on the panelist there, Ellery Anley. You'll know yep. the Black Pearl. Yeah. Uh, so you know, speaking to Ellery because he's he, he tells me how it's how it's done and how they vote. Uh, and I think he'll, he'll be up there. I think Jackson Hastings again. I think he's in a better team now. As you as you Yeah, Wigan. I think he's have a be- I think he's have a better season this year. Because of the confidence, winning the Man of Steel uh, and the big write-up he, he had and all the awards he's won. I think uh, or he could have the second-year second, second year syndrome, but I think Jackson Hastings is going to be up there. I think Blake Austin again. I think Luke Thompson maybe he will be up
0: there. Uh, I'm interested to longer. see how Jackson Hastings goes because with Salford, he was hmm. the man. So, you know, he's going to yeah. score a lot of points in that in that voting. Yeah. But at Wigan, all of a sudden... You know, he's there's a lot of stars around him, and that could be good, could be bad yeah. for, for that sort of thing. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, like you say, hopefully it's not second-year second, second year syndrome. Do you think it could be someone, and, and Nate Gladden wants to know, do you think it could be someone like George Burgess? You know, how will he go having left uh, his brothers in the NRL? Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, in fact, who's impressing you out of the new recruits because there's quite a few this year?
1: Yeah, there is, yeah. I think Sean Cunadale will have a good season. S.K.W. I think uh, Sonny Bill. Wait a minute. I
0: forgot one guy. Uh,
1: Jimmy, uh, the Catalan player.
0: Maloney, yeah.
1: Maloney, yeah, definitely. It, it's going to be... I think it's going to be an, an import.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's going to be an import, you know. Uh, I, but I think would Widder, if he had been injured, I think he, he would have had a chance of winning it as well. So, I'm going for Jackson Hastings, Sonny Bill, uh, Johnny Lomax. Uh, who else? <laughs> Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah, between them four.
0: You've got your bases covered. I think, <laughs> I hope, yeah, I, I think yeah. I hope Weadup can can play well, man. And he, and he he gets past this injury because I'm a, a big Dragons mm. fan, and it's a shame to see him go out the way he did in the NRO. He didn't get much time on the field towards the end, so I hope that all turns around for him over there. And and Warrington, like you say, that it could be. A new team name on that on that Super League trophy at the end of the year, one we haven't seen before, so that could be awesome. Yeah. Mate um, rugby league at rugby league jerseys. He wants to know what's your favorite and least favorite kits for the season this year. A little bit different.
1: Uh you know what? It's funny because I actually like uh the Wakefield strip. Yeah. My old team. I think their strip looks really nice. I do. Uh obviously my old team, St. Helens. Which is sponsored by O'Neill. I think that's a nice kit. And I and I actually think that the Toronto Killers, really nice.
0: Toronto's is very uh, different. Hey, it's very unique and I think yeah, I, like need way it, yeah. I like their
1: wake I like their wake kit. yeah. I like I like their wake It's very uh it's very futuristic. But yeah, I think them, I think uh <coughs> the teams I just mentioned, Wakefield, uh, have got a really nice traditional kit. Saints is a nice kit. I actually like Wiggins. I think Wiggins is quite retro as well. Yeah. Quite a nice kit, so yeah,
0: them clubs made bouncing all over the place. Mark Harris wants to know: What are your thoughts on teams from outside of England trying to make their way up through the divisions, like Toronto? So you've mentioned New York, we've talked Red Star Belgrade, we've heard Valencia, yeah. like Ottawa. What yeah. do you think of these sort of teams entering at League One and making their way up? Is it better for our game? Yeah, absolutely.
1: You just mentioned Belgrade, no it's a different country. Yeah. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, Rugby League needs to grow the game like Rugby Union. Uh, you know, they stole the name Rugby. Yeah. So whenever anybody mentions Rugby in worldwide, in the world, they always think of All Blacks. They always think of Yeah. Uh, Johnny Wilkinson. They don't think of an NRL team or a Super League team. So, you know, like I said, I'm doing my part in going the game, uh, you know, with through the, you know, and if you do, listen, imagine this, we go and do the movie, Rugby blood. And it's, and it's a success. It would have a product of rugby league star uh, leading the film. And then obviously the film is about rugby league. You know, I've put the rugby league in there. And I think... I love that, man. What's happening now? There's a change. There's a change going on right now. Uh, and the change is breaking new ground mm-hmm. and, and getting out of hold habits and, and trying to grow up the game. And you can see with Belgrade and Toronto and New York... I think it's phenomenal for the game and you know as an organisation we don't just stick to uh to the, like I said, the M62 corridor. It's time to change, man. You know, time to change. And
0: it's funny you say that because on this show, I have a rule. Like, if you call it, because depending on what part of the world you're from, some people call rugby league rugby, some people call it league, some people call it footy. Mm. So I accept yeah. all of those forms, meaning rugby league when we're when we're on Chase, the chasing kangaroos podcast. If we're talking about the other code, we call it union because I feel like, like you said, they've stolen the term rugby from us. And I I like rugby blood. You're kind of trying to take it back, but it leads me to a question from Bernard Fizz. So he he said that Super League have unveiled their new We Play League ad campaign. Now, do you think the emphasis on the word word league, do you think that's a good thing for the brand?
1: (laughs) Uh, You know what? It's personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they came up with the idea. I mean, I was supposed to have a meeting with Super League this week, but Moz Moz D couldn't couldn't make it because obviously we want Super League's backing for the uh, Netflix sports documentary. Uh, rugby blood is, I mean, rugby's in. It, it can it can amass to any type of rugby. Yeah. You know, I'm not just saying rugby league blood, but rugby blood. And if you speak to many rugby players, rugby's in their blood, right? Yep. You got to be born into rugby to play rugby because it's such a physical sport. I mean, let me tell you. I'm so glad I've got out of the league and be in the shape I am. You know, I've broken all my fingers. I've snapped my nose to the, <laughs> the other side of my face. Yep. I've had my nose straightened out. You know, I flew out to New York and did some modelling. Don't ask me how I did that. But <laughs> an, an, an ex-front rower who played nearly 300 games and the way I played the game, you know, I played it hard. Uh, and to come out the other side is like, yeah, I've been touched by God, you know, thank God. Yeah. Uh, but, but like I said, I mean, yeah... It, it, I think it's narrowing it down. Yep. I think they're trying to say, look, well, we're league and that's us. But for me, uh, regarding rugby blood, I don't have to say, well, I'm I'm a rugby league. I say I'm a rugby player. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've come from a rugby, rugby background. Obviously, rugby league are very proud of who they are. Rugby league people are very proud of who they are. And then the divide is rugby union. You know, there's that device where, you know, we don't like you and we don't like them. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I would I would have gone a, bit, a different route to that. Um, but what I'm doing is rugby blood. But I'm saying that I'm a rugby league, a, a product, you know. Uh, and like I said, what they're doing and I'm doing pretty much similar, you know. But I'm a rugby league player, and the rugby league world know that I'm from rugby league. Exactly. So whatever I go, whatever I go in my career, Michael, wherever I go, I will always mention that rugby league made me who I am. A, a, a rugby league community, the people in the rugby league, there's no people like them. When, you know, look what happened to Robert Burrow. Look how the rugby league, rugby league community came in Crazy. and raised all that money. Yeah. Look, yeah, look, do you know what I mean? So, but rugby league, I, it did make me the man I the eye. It saved my life. Uh, uh, I think rugby league is a much superior game. Uh, and wherever I go in my career and, and, and my life and, and my film career, you know, rugby league is always going to be attached to me. And that's why I, I came up with rugby blood just to show that no matter where I go and as I want to go, because I do want to go, I want to, I want to go as far as I can go in, in, in the acting world as a business and as an entrepreneur, that really League made me the man I am. So
0: It's funny. Uh, so. So, someone I spoke to this week about it had a similar thought. They said, look, one ad campaign is not going to change the way Northern England views it, and they're still going to say yeah. rugby. Um, even Toronto, mm-hmm. like David Argyle, like the Toronto Wolfpack guys call it rugby as well. It's um, it's you know, for an Australian, you know, Australians like me, and, and half of our listeners are Australian. We don't understand that. Some of us don't. I certainly do, but a lot of people don't. And it's just one of the interesting things of our sport. I'm not sure what the answer is. We could probably debate on it all, all night, but um, probably for smarter heads than mine. But um, mate, just a couple more questions to go, and then I'll let you get back to your day. But uh, RL Jersey Nerd he wants to know how can super the Super League hierarchy. Improve the popularity of the sport in the UK and and across Europe.
1: Well, if you look at if you look at Super League, there's two different organisations. There's the RFL, which is the Rugby Football League, which is run by Ralph Rimmer. They're kind of stuck in old ways. Uh, they they deal with the international side of things, uh, and then there's Betfred Super League, which is the which is why I went to, because. The, the, the slogan for last year was New Beginnings. Uh, they brought Robert Elson in. Robert Elson's been at Everton for 10 years. He's come from a football environment. Yep. He's come from a billion dollar, a billion, billion pound industry. And he's come over here and he's trying to shake things up. So when I sat down with Robert Elson I, and I showed him, I told him about the vision for the Rugby Blood uh, and what I want to do with it and and, how, and where I want to go with it, they decided that they wanted to endorse the, the, the actual series and put their, put their logo on the comic, which was you know, it it was, it was fantastic. You know, it was brilliant. You know, that was my idea in the first place to go to, to go to Super League and to get them to endorse rugby Blood. And I think Super League are more innovative, sorry, in, what's the word? In a, in a, in a, yes. Yep. <laughs> and they're looking to break new ground. So look at Toronto Wolfpack, you know, for example, uh, look at New York. And I'm just, I'm just part of that process right now of, of, Giving my little bit to to, to to Super League, but the thing is, you know, I'm, 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 I'm getting rubber league out there, and if I get Rubber league out there on Netflix and do what I want to do, I'm probably doing more than what Super League are doing and what RFL are doing. Because imagine a former Rubber league player talking about rugby, but talking about the game, talking about mental health on Netflix, yeah. looking looking through 122 countries will be viewing that documentary. You know what I mean. That it's, speaks for itself. It's um, that speaks for itself, mate. And it's, that's a one man. That's a one man yeah. show. Not not a whole organisation.
0: You're right. It's the community, uh, like because you know Toronto yeah. signing Sonny Bill Williams, for example, has done more than any ad campaign yeah. could possibly do. So it's, it's all those little things and and having rugby blood on Netflix would be the same man. Final question for the night and then I'll let you get to your day. But, uh, and and I got this question from a couple of people. So Oliver from NRO, in my opinion, Stuart McLennan had a similar question as well. So they wanted to know, do you ever see super league becoming more of a Northern hemisphere competition? And, and, you know, as Eric Perez has said on a few occasions, uh, would this make it the, the premier rugby league competition in the world with the inclusion of American clubs? Is that how you see it panning out? Is it possible?
1: Yeah so you mean like you know you'd have Toronto and you'd have
0: New York uh in Super League. Yeah you might have Boston you might have Ottawa you might have Vancouver yeah. you know there yeah. could you know possibilities are endless.
1: Yeah look for me uh rugby league is played by very special people uh you know Australia and uh, very tough uh determined and have grit that's what Australians are. You know, you came, you left the shores of England. A lot of them were criminals, apparently, <laughs> and we're, were pommies, you know, prison of Northern England. But in the Northern England, there's a reason why Northern uh, people from Northern England play rugby because Northern, Northern people from the North are hardworking people. You know, they're very tough, down-to-earth, hardworking people, and that's what you need to be to, to be a rugby league player. I think America will be amazing because you've got 360 million population. Out of them, 360 million, there's bound to be some superstars in that. You know, and I think if we broke America, it would be the best thing for rubber league ever.
0: Yeah. I think a lot really of people do, would agree with you on that.
1: It's going to take time, Michael. It's going to take time. But, uh, yeah, I think rubber league rubber league in America is not going to hurt rubber league. I love it's it. Gonna, it's going to, it's, 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 it's going to get more eyeballs and I think Toronto is the start of it. So,
0: I'm with you there, man. I'm I'm one that's, you know, pumped the likes of yeah. New York and all that sort of thing as well. Yeah, Keith, it's been wonderful chasing kangaroos with you tonight, buddy, or, t- or this morning, your yeah. time. Any final thoughts before Sorry, I uh, say goodbye?
1: Uh, like I said, it's an honour, mate. Uh, I'll be very busy in the next coming months, mate. So if you want to do a follow-up, uh, I'll be happy to do that and uh, keep, keep doing the great work you're doing, man. You know, and, uh, you know, spreading the good word of rugby league and uh, it's such an honor to come on and speak about my career and and the things I'm doing now. So and all I can say to people out there is, never give up and keep chasing your dreams. And uh, you know, just just hang in there. And, and uh, we've got one life, one shot. So do just give it your all.
0: I love it, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying all of that. And um, looking forward to getting the second cop, uh, second edition of Rugby Blood in my hands yeah. once it comes out. So thanks, I'll send
1: you one over, bro. I'll send you, I'll send
0: you a signed copy. You're the man. I was hoping you'd say that. Thanks, Keith. <laughs> Cheers, Michael. Cheers. Take dude. care, mate. You too. Well, there you go, Keith Mason. What a what a career. Still going strong. Plenty to look forward to. And uh yeah, Super League 2020. Footy is back, rugby is back, league is back, it's whatever you call it, it's back. Uh it starts this Thursday, Australian time. Uh, gonna be a great weekend. Um, that's it for the show tonight. I wanna say thanks to Ricky. Cancina and Ash Barco for our theme music as always. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, don't forget to like, share, tell your friends about us as well. Don't forget as well, mascordbrowns.com and mascordbrowns.com.au. Get 10% off with your exclusive discount code for Chasing Kangaroos listeners. That code is 2020Vision. That's 2020Vision, one word, at mascordbrowns.com and mascordbrowns.com.au. Big thanks to mercho as well for producing and recording this episode with me again. Big T will be back next week, and we've got some exciting stuff going on for the month of March, so look forward to that. And, uh, yep, time for me to go. We play league. Cheers, guys.